This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. Welcome into this week's Pipeline podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis of MLBPipeline.com. And guys, as pitchers and catchers are reporting around the grapefruit and cactus leagues, today we talk about rookies that they could make a big impact in other words rookies who could be rookie of the year candidates in 2016 it's officially the way too early rookie of the year selection show that's what we'll call it uh just a note though coming up on monday on mlb pipeline we will start rolling out the top 30 prospect list for all 30 teams and i know you guys are submerged by all of that right now so let's get right into these rookie of the year selections as we don't even start playing games yet in spring training. I'm going to start in the American League. And, Jonathan, we're going to start with you and Jose Berrios. Yeah, first of all, what do you mean it's way too early? Yeah, I'm writing down Jim's choices, and uh, we're going to go back and, and taunt him when he's, when he's wrong. Absolutely. That's um, why we do so, this. Yeah, yep. well, of course. Well, uh, yeah, so we Jose don't even Berrios, really know that you picked uh, Jose Berrios. That could have been Tim picking Jose Berrios for you. Since he didn't yeah, even so, ask you who your, your favorite for Rookie of the Year was, I think Tim is helping you out here, Jonathan. <laughs> well, that's fine. I need all the help I can get. Um, yeah, and Barrios is a guy who you know, the Twins uh, seriously thought about bringing up for their stretch run last year when they were hanging around uh, the, the postseason race for longer than a lot of people expected. Uh, but because he had uh, reached a certain innings limit, they decided to err on the side of, of caution and long-term development, and but he really doesn't have anything left to prove uh, in AAA. I mean, he only made 12 starts there, but he was very, very good there. Um, two six two ERA over 75 and two thirds innings. I, uh, you know, I, I like watching him pitch a lot. Uh, you know, haven't gotten long looks at him. Obviously, the futures game a couple times, but he's one of these guys. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's heard he's not the biggest guy in the world many times. So he pitches with a little chip on his shoulder, but he's extremely athletic. Uh, he's stronger than you think. And he's got three above average pitches with above average control. So, you know, I think he's the kind of guy that uh, he sh- I think he should make the rotation out of spring training. Obviously, you never know what's going to happen for sure. But even if he doesn't, he's going to get called up soon. And he's got that combination of, of stuff uh, and pitchability that should allow him to make positive contributions right out of the gate. And, Jim, I'm going to go to you, and you're going to stick within the same organization, right? I am, and it's not going to be the guy you think I'm going to go with who I'm always telling everybody is is better despite the Twitter hate I get whenever I tout a certain outfielder. But I'm going to go with a guy who's not technically a prospect by the pipeline definition, but is definitely a rookie, Byung-Yo Park, who they just signed out of Korea, first player in Korea with back-to-back 50 homer seasons. I am I am not repeat, not going on the record and predicting 50 homers during the 2016 season with the Twins, but I do think the power will play. I think he's going to fit nicely into the middle of that lineup, probably DH with Joe Maurer at first base. Um, the, the power is real. You know, we saw last year with the Pirates, 
you know, a different type of player. But Young Ho Gong came over and I think was better than most people thought he was going to be uh, right away for the Pirates. And so that gives me some confidence that Park can come over and produce immediately in the middle of the Twins lineup. I, I, you know, again, not going to say 50 homers after he hit 52 and 53 the last two seasons, but if he had 20 and 25 home runs, I, I could definitely see him doing that for the Twins. Jonathan, do you have any thoughts on Jim going with a 29-year-old player as rookie that's, of the year? That, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's a reason why we don't put these guys on our prospect list. So, uh, you know, Jim chiding me for, for getting help from you, and he goes uh, goes with a, a guy who's only uh, slightly uh, younger than he is uh, with his no, I think he's, he's several years younger than I am. But I mean, and, and I actually I, I know we're joking here. I, I would have no problem if we had a rule. It, it seems kind of silly to me to consider guys who are established big leaguers in foreign major leagues as rookies if they had a rule like you know hockey instituted when you had the the, the big russian influx and you had these 30 year old russian olympic veterans coming over and winning the rookie of the year award or i think uh I know my hockey trophies, that might be the Calder Trophy. Um, if I'm correct there, you guys can check that later. But uh, And they, they put in an age limit. But, uh, you know, hey, by the definitions of the award, uh, Mr. Park is a rookie and uh, thus eligible to be tabbed by me as the best rookie in the American League this season. And we've certainly seen it happen before with older players coming from overseas. So by all means, within the rules, just maybe a little, a little shaky. Right? Yeah. Okay. Weak. All right. We'll weak go. Is the word you're looking for. <laughs> we'll go with weak. And I have. Uh, I looked it up, and, and you're right on the Calder Trophy as well, Jim. So good job with that. You get points for that. Uh, living in Chicago, you have to have that hockey knowledge. So we're not doing the NHL.com pipeline <laughs> podcast right now. Well played. All right. Back to to Jonathan, because I want each of you guys to to kind of have a, a backup in case your, your first pick doesn't come through. I'm going to give you one more player in the American League that you think has a shot at that, that Rookie of the Year award. Jonathan, I'll go back to you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of the Twins organization. Yes. So that's something right there. Uh, and, and my guy is not 47 years old. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Blake Snell, another, another pitcher who made it uh, to, you know, to the top of his organization with the Rays. Uh, and another guy who you know could have been in line for a September call-up, uh, but there wasn't really a need to, uh, you know, in terms of, of rushing him to the big leagues for for any you know reason. Uh, he had as good a year as any minor league pitcher probably has had in quite some time. Led the minors in earned run average, a ton of strikeouts, 182 batting average against this guy who is a, a friend of the Pop Pipeline podcast. They joined us. Uh, fairly early last year when he finished having a ridiculous start to the season. We had 46 consecutive scoreless innings to start the year. Um, started in, in the Florida State League, uh, moved up quickly to double-A, and then 12 starts after that was in triple-A at uh, you know an ERA under two in both of those stops, batting average against well under 200 in both places. Uh, you know, command is really the only thing that's been an issue and, and he got better with that as the year went on. Uh, so, you know, projectable left-hander who really figured things out this year. And uh, a while back when I did the polling of GMs and, and scouting executives and the like on you know, who they felt was the best pitching prospect, Lucas Giolito got the most votes, uh, and that makes sense. But Blake Snell got the second most, uh, ahead of Julio Arias, the lefty for the Dodgers, so, uh, because of his combination of stuff and, and closeness to the big leagues. Uh, so another guy like for me, like with 
Berrios, I, I think he should start the year uh, in, in their rotation. Um, you know, especially with Cobb out for uh, for a while. Um, you know, I think there should be an opening for him. If not, if he goes back down to AAA for a little bit, uh, he should Im- make a large enough impact that he could figure into the rookie of the year race. I was going to say that's going to be the biggest test, I think, for Snell, just because the Rays have so much starting pitching depth, and and once they get Cobb back, even more. But maybe you make a point that before Cobb comes back, if he can pitch well in spring training, maybe he uh, he grabs one of those spots and hangs on to it. It'll certainly be interesting to see because I know the Rays generally like to take their time bringing these guys along right so when they hit the ground running in the major leagues since they're eventually probably not going to be able to stay there as free agents. All right, Jim, back to you with uh, your second pick in the American League for Rookie of the Year award. Well, I'm going to stick with the Twins, Tim. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, maybe I should have picked this guy as my first choice. I went back and forth on this, but Byron Buxton, you know, also with the Twins, number two on the MLB Pipeline prospect list. Uh, you guys have, I don't know how many podcasts, uh, I know it's been several where I've raved about his tools. We've all heard scouts rave about his tools. I mean, the, the short version is he still has the best minor league tools since Mike Trout came along. He has the tools to, to eventually be a superstar. And while I think it'll, it'll be an adjustment period that began last year when he was kind of promoted a little sooner than anybody ever expected, you know, I could see Byron Buxton hitting 275 with you know double-digit home runs and maybe 25 steals and playing very good defense in uh, in center field. So I think he's a candidate as well. And then, you know, I mean, if we we keep going, we could keep coming up with twins because you know Jonathan obviously mentioned Barrios, and I think Max Kepler possibly could wind up getting a lot of at bats. And I think he may be even a little bit more ready than Buxton right now to hit in the big leagues. Um, very polished hitter, but we we could go on and on and on talking about Twins prospects set to have big rookie years uh, all day if we wanted. Yeah, kind of impressive the the run they made last year to have this infusion of young talent certainly going to help them out. Is it fair to say that Buxton is the favorite to win rookie of the year, or is that not not fair, Jonathan? I'll ask you that. No, you know I, I wouldn't go that far just because of how you know how much he struggled, yeah, uh, and how little he's played. Uh, I, I think, you know, the job is there for him to take. So, you know, opportunity being the key thing, uh, you know, unless he completely falls flat in spring training, he's going to be their center fielder. So he's going to get every opportunity to play right from the get-go. Um, so that gives him maybe a little bit of an edge. But I think there's still a little bit of an unknown as to when the the tools that Jim talked about will, will start showing up in terms of regular production. A lot of that has to do with him staying healthy. If he does that, I think it'll happen. All right, let's switch over to the National League. And, Jim, I'll start with you on this one. You talk about a guy who's going to have opportunity to play or has the spot there for him and a guy who, who got his feet wet as well and has a little experience. That's who you like as your top pick in the National League. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fairly obvious pick. I mean, Corey Seager, to me, is pretty easily the, the leading candidate to be National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, number one prospect on our MLB Pipeline Top 100 that we just unveiled last month. Uh, you know, not much he can't do, uh, and, he, and he showed this last September. I mean, I thought they waited too long to call him up. When he did, he was spectacular in September. He's going to hit for average, and he's going to hit for power at a premium position. I, you know, I, I've said this before. I think the only big league shortstop with a higher offensive ceiling is Carlos Correa, but he's going to be an impact bat. I don't think he – I mean, I think he's more of a guy who gets the job done than is really a standout at shortstop, and I still think Seager eventually moves to third base, you know, somewhere down the line. 
But all that said, you know, he's going to be a shortstop this year. Uh, I don't think voters have ever really factored defense heavily uh, into rookie of the year voting. It's usually about offensive production, and I think you know I can see Corey Seager coming out and hitting 280 or, or maybe even higher with, with 20 home runs at short, and I think he'll walk away with the the National League Rookie of the Year award pretty easily. We've mixed things you up. You don't need to ask Jonathan because whoever Jonathan has doesn't matter. <laughs> we've <laughs> we've mixed things up a little more in the National League. No no three players from one team like like in the American League. But Jonathan, you also like a shortstop. I just want to say that um, when Jim goes and plays at the roulette table, he's the guy that puts money down on red and black at the same time. <laughs> That's pretty much what he's done here with his, his choices. Um, yeah, Seager's obviously is the obvious choice, you know, but often what happens is the obvious choice doesn't, doesn't necessarily win the award. So you, know, you need to at least look at, at some, some other possibilities uh, so I, I'm going to go with, with Trey Turner. Uh, we'll, we'll stay with shortstops uh, as my choice. Now, he's got to win a job uh, in spring training. Um, you know, if it were me, it would be his job. Uh, but you know, the, Well, of course, you're picking him. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm working backwards. I would, I would give him the job, not just because of that, but thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's going to have to compete for the job with Danny Espinosa and Stephen Drew, I suppose. Um, to me, that's, there's no contest really there. Uh, I, I think that he's ready for the big leagues. I think his speed is going to play. Uh, and, you know, he may not, he's not going to put up the power numbers that Seeger does, but, he, you know, he's a different kind of offensive player. Uh, he's hit more than I think some expected him to in his climb with the minors, and uh, I think that uh, the Nationals would be wise to put him at shortstop and put him at or near the top of the lineup and just let him go. Uh, and I think he could add a, a presence that uh, few teams have, uh, and especially with some of the, the power they have uh, you know, in the middle of that lineup to have him on base and, and being able to pick up extra bases. Uh, I would imagine Bryce Harper uh, will not be upset to see his RBI totals uh, uptick because he's got that kind of speed on in front of him. It'd be really interesting, I think, if Turner and Seager both have big seasons. When you're talking about two shortstops, Turner probably better on the, the defensive side, but it's the, the speed guy at the top of the lineup versus the guy who can hit home runs as well. That would be a really interesting race, I think, if both of those guys have the kind of rookie years that, that we think they certainly can. All right, Jim, back to you. Who's your, uh, your next pick in the National League as far as rookie of the year goes? Yeah, it's, I'm going to go with, you guys can decry me for going with another obvious choice, but I'll take a guy who already has established that he can succeed in the major leagues at a very high level. Uh, was tempted to, to continue the shortstop discussion, maybe go Orlando Garcia, but I'm going to go with Steven Matz of the Mets. Uh, you know, it took him a while to get his career going. You know, had Tommy John surgery right when he signed out of high school. But, you know, spectacular last year. It was tremendous at AAA Las Vegas, which is one of the toughest places to pitch in the minor leagues, and very good with the Mets. You know, 4-0 in six late-season starts. If he hadn't had a lat strain, he wouldn't qualify for this list anymore, but he does. And, uh, again, you know, we know what this guy can do. I mean, he's got a fastball with good life on it that can hit 97. He's got a very good changeup. He's got a curveball that's only his third pitch, but it has good depth to it. He throws strikes. He's left-handed. Uh, you know, th th there's really nothing glaring uh, with Stephen Matz. You know, maybe the medical history would be the biggest concern with him, but you know, he pitched 140 innings last year. Uh, you know, plus the playoffs, I think he's good to go for a full major league season this year, and I think he's going to have a lot of success. 
I think one thing all three of these guys that you guys have picked so far in the National League have going for them as well is most likely going to be in pennant races come September, and they're going to be in those big games where people there's going to be a, some degree of spotlight on them that people are going to get to see them. And that can't hurt when it comes to voting time. Now, Jonathan, that may not be the case for your second pick in the National League. Yeah, I'm glad Jim left me with Orlando Arcia. Um, way to go, by the way, taking the guy who pitched in a World Series game. Uh, going hey, these guys are eligible. Well, how, how can you not take Stephen Metz? Come on. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Orlando Arcia is, uh, you know, I guess a quote-unquote risk pick uh, just because, you know, we, as much as the path has been cleared for him uh, with the trade of, of Gene Segura, I don't think the Brewers are going to necessarily rush him to the big leagues. Uh, that said, I think he's going to force their hand, whether it's during spring training or shortly thereafter. Um, this is a guy who just uh, turned the corner. I mean, he was always a, an unbelievable defender, uh, one of the better defensive shortstops uh, among all prospects. Uh, but uh, the bat really, really came on uh, in the you know over the last. Two years, but particularly last year. Uh, anyone who watched the Futures game, by the way, saw his defense. But uh, he can hit. Uh, he's not like a just uh, find a hole, use your speed kind of hitter, too. There's there's a little more juice there than you would think. I mean, not home run power, but uh, he's going to send the ball to gaps, and then his speed is going to help him uh, with doubles and triples. And he could defend at the big league level right now, uh, you know. I could see him being their shortstop on opening day just in terms of readiness, even though he's yet to play above double-A. Uh, but I could also see them wanting them to have a little bit of time in triple-A. But I could see him maybe coming up a little bit later, sort of like a Francisco Lindor call-up uh, last year and making such a contribution that he starts figuring into that rookie of the year conversation. All right, so I've, I've gotten a few themes here from your guys' picks, so we'll go through them real quick again. Jonathan, the AL, you have Jose Barrios and Blake Snell, NL, you have Trey Turner and Orlando Garcia. And then for Jim, it's Byung-Ho Park and Byron Buxton in the American League. And then Corey Seager and Steven Matz in the National League. So Jim goes with 20, a 29-year-old and three guys who played significant time in the major leagues a year ago. So I think he's playing the game here and he's trying to be right. Jonathan, bold picks, but I think you're doing that because you want to be able to brag if you're right on one of these. Did I, right. did I nail it? Yeah, that's it exactly. And the fact of the matter is that if I don't nail, no one, no one's really going to remember. So um, I think I'm pretty safe. But if uh, if I'm right, uh, you'll be hearing from me. Oh, we'll be. Uh, yeah, we'll what, be you're, what you're saying, Tim, is I've made intelligent choices, and Jonathan is more gone with the the blind squirrel theory. Um, uh, that, that's his strategy with picking these rookies. Uh, we will definitely requeue this tape come uh, come November when these uh, Rookie of the Year awards are, are handed out, and we'll see how you guys did as far as the voting goes. But definitely a lot of fun. It's obviously so soon, and like you guys said, some of these guys still have to win jobs. Some of them may not get the opportunity to win a job. Who knows? Um, but, but there you have it, your American League and National League Rookie of the Year selections in mid-February by Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. And I did want to plug one more time, MLB Pipeline starting on Monday be the rollout February 22nd of the top 30s. We'll start with the National League East on Monday. Top 30 prospects per team over the course of the next two weeks. So definitely something to look forward to. Any closing thoughts from either of you guys as far as these Rookie of the Years go? And I don't want to take too much time because you got to get back to figuring out those top 30s. 
I think we've left it all out on the table. I'm good. Okay. And Jim is already gone. No, no, I'm still here. I, I, just, uh, I was waiting for, some, for some, some more insight from Jonathan there. But, uh, you know, I think we, we've hit this theme before. I think it's a good rookie class. I, I don't think it's going to be the, the equal of the spectacular rookie class we had last year, which, which arguably might wind up being as, as good as any rookie class ever. But, I mean, you know, top two guys on the MLB pipeline list, Corey Seager and Byron Buxton, you know, both of whom I'll, I'll note that I picked as top rookies this year and Jonathan did not. Um, but, you know, they, I think that's a good way to start. All right, excellent stuff. That's going to do it for another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. Jonathan Mayo, Jim Callis, thanks so much as always. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.